Today's episode is a good one and we cover so much gold. But did you know that if you spell cuss words out, it doesn't count as saying it? But we also talk about how we only have one body, the 10-minute rule to guarantee success with anything that you do in your business, your fitness, your nutrition, your life, how you can easily create a system, simplify it, measure it. Don't overcomplicate your race car so you can win the race, how being a solopreneur is bad, and basically how taking care of your body with your movement, your muscles, and your mindset guarantees results in your health and guarantees results in your business. So I'm going to get into the episode with my dear friend, Josiah. Let's go. I'll see you guys in the episode. Welcome to the Mind of George show. This is a free-for-all Friday episode where just about anything can happen. I've had business leaders come on and share insider industry secrets. I've had monks and hypnotherapists come on, talk about mindset, discipline, the subconscious, and even swearing at me, which I never thought I would hear from a monk. Plus, I've had hours of spilling my deepest thoughts, fears, ideas, and everything in between the earlobes in my mind of George. But you can find all the episodes at mindofgeorge.com, and you never know what can happen on a free-for-all Friday. But one thing that can be guaranteed is it will either be eye-opening groundbreaking, or at the very least, entertaining. So let's open our minds and get into the show. Welcome back to another episode of the Mind of George Show on a free-for-all Friday with one of my dear friends, one of my guests, a man that I highly admire, I highly respect, and my favorite part is he helps entrepreneurs look good naked. You know, that's the game, right? I like it. We like it. But not only that, we're going to talk about the lies with nutrition, how entrepreneurs neglect probably everything that's required to actually succeed and we're going to into it so my boy Josiah who I'm going to bring on in a minute literally helps people transform their lives from the inside out we've been friends for a long time we have the same philosophies and I think most of the stuff that's peddled is bullshit and also in our world in the entrepreneur world we tend to neglect the things that put rocket fuel into our bodies to help us succeed and so I couldn't thought of a better person to bring on he's my guy he helps me with my macros my nutrition my movement and most of the time he's like do whatever you want just keep moving and it makes me feel really really good so without further ado Josiah welcome to the show What's up, brother? Man, Not that was a- an awesome intro, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, I call myself the M&M of marketing, right? It's the only thing I'm good at. I can't sing. I can't freestyle. So I just use marketing lingo and introductions. Dude, I'm, I'm blown away. No, I'm, I'm pumped to be here, man. I uh, It's been a long time coming. I've known you for a while and uh, I'm excited to share some stuff with your with your people, man. Did we do a podcast on your show? You know what? I don't think so. I think we um, talked about you're it a due lot. To come on, but yeah, I mean, we we talk so much that we probably <laughs> all the good stuff we were going to put on the show probably we've already forgotten all yeah, of it. Yeah, no, so. it's okay, it's okay. So before we get into the meat, I have to ask, I have to ask. You've been in this game for a minute, like, and you're technically, in my opinion, as an entrepreneur, in one of the easiest and hardest niches at the same time, right? You're in the health space, yeah. you're in the wellness space, you're in the transforming people's lives space. And it's one of the most saturated, convoluted, but also amazing biggest breakthrough and easiest market simultaneously. The duality is insane. But you've been at this for a long time. So as an entrepreneur, looking back, when you look at your whole journey, what do you think or what do you remember is like the biggest mistake that you've ever made? And what was the lesson that you learned that you try to bring forth or you embody into the future? Oh, it's easy, man. Uh, Not hiring a mentor soon enough. I tried to go at it alone for, wow, probably the first three years of starting my business. And um, I was just chasing my own tail. I mean, that's really all it was. You know, I was overthinking everything. Uh, I was trying to do everything at once. And uh, I would have, and this sounds crazy, but I I would have gone into debt had I known what I know now to hire a mentor right off the bat versus waiting until I you know, grinded, did everything possible to make any kind of profit and then feel somewhat okay to invest in some help. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was a solopreneur, which was a huge mistake. And I say that because, you know, I'm, I'm someone, my business was centered around coaching, right? My business was centered around mentorship. And despite having mentors in fitness, like, you know, having people who taught me nutrition, people who taught me workouts, people who taught me how to structure my day-to-day schedule, I never thought to do the same thing as an entrepreneur. Uh, I just had passion and I thought my passion for helping people transform their body and life is going to be enough. But 
as you know, man, and we always talk about this, it's you're going to you're going to go places by yourself, but you're going to get there so much faster and more efficiently if you go at it with somebody. Yeah. And that was the that was I mean, I, I tell that to everyone. I do. Believe it or not, I actually get that question a lot from my audience who people who just want to start their own business or go online or whatever. I like, hey, what would you do differently? And I don't hesitate. I'm like, dude, hire a mentor. Hire someone who has been down the path before because it's going to literally, I mean, this is probably an underestimate, but I would say 10x mm -hmm. the speed of your results at a minimum. Mm -hmm. And you know what's funny? It's like I'll relate to that. I did the same thing, but I did it for the entire evolution of a company. It didn't even stop, right? Like I went from nothing, solopreneur, to seven-figure earner, New York Times bestseller, number one app in the world, to losing and basically crashing the whole business and having to walk away before I ever learned the lesson of like having somebody help me. It was yeah. mind-blowing. It, it is, it is. But I think the term, like that, I don't even like the term solopreneur. Like there's not one game that you can play that's one alone. I don't care. They mm -hmm. might not see it publicly, but we don't do any of this alone. Our family, our kids, you know, our friends, our coaches, our mentors, the people have come before us. It's, it's a really, really valid point. And I think it's one that's not talked about enough. And, and it's actually really interesting that you say it too, because, uh, one of the things that I think comes up a lot and like one of the biggest enemies of success in my opinion is solitude mm. when it comes to entrepreneurship, like that, that echo chamber of like, I don't have anyone to bounce my eyes, my ideas off. This script is running in my head over and over and over again. You're like, I did just enough to get there. And then you're back into the mess. And it's like this cycle that repeats over and over again. Yeah, it's funny, man. The first mentor I ever hired was not a business genius by any means. I mean, I have long since surpassed success online, uh, long since surpassed his success online. But I'll tell you what, he was so effective with what he offered. It was simply a five-minute call every week where I could just vent to him. Mm -hmm. And we would talk about what I'm grateful for, what's working, what's not. And he would give his two cents. And I'll tell you what, it, it skyrocketed my business because I had someone who was going to at least at worst case give me honest feedback mm -hmm. right he may not have all the answers but he would be able to tell me hey you're overthinking it man like or or hey you're working too hard or you're chasing something that's never going to work whatever that changed the game for me and then what it did was when i saw that my results were starting to really improve and my clarity was starting to improve then i became so much more excited about investing in other mentors and it's changed the game for me and i always will have uh, that is part of what I do personally and professionally. I'll always invest in mentors, no matter how successful I am. Even if I'm making hundred million, $200 million a year, I'll always have people, uh, in my corner. Yeah. And I think, I think it goes on both sides and it would be interesting to hear your take on this as well, because it's easy to see it as like the mentor side, right? But a mistake I made, and I don't know if you ever made this in business is I, when I was starting to grow my teams, I would always try to find people that would work for free or like an exchange right? And then my wife would kick my ass about it, right? But she always lets me learn my lessons the hard way. And she's like, no, no, no. You pay to get it done by the people who know how to do it. Do not try to train somebody to your limited level of thinking. And I was like, ouch. Cool. And it hurt. But it's it's a lesson that I've continued to learn. And, and I think it comes at levels as well. But I think really having that outside perspective, right? Like that 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 mirror per se of like, Somebody else can hear it and repeat it back to you. And I, I would venture that I would ask you this question when, when you remember that, when you look at like mentorship, like we work together and we do this stuff, have you found that most of the time when you're sharing and you feel stuck that just the, the path of sharing it, you tend to get to your own clarity? Totally. Yeah. It's almost like it's, it's a virtual, well, it's, it's almost like someone's coming in and cleaning house with you mentally, right? It's like. You're hiring, I hate to use the word maid because that's a terrible analogy, but like, <laughs> you know, it's like I can clean my own house and think like, wow, it looks really cool. Like, you know, I did a good job, but then a maid comes in and does it with me and it's like, whoa, that's really so much better, right? Um, even though it's the same amount of work that I'm spending on the business, it's like having someone there doing it with me uh, makes it so much more clear. And yeah, I mean... It, I hate to use the word therapist too, but it is almost like therapy, right? Where it's like, you just start talking and all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, I think I have a solution. And you're like, yeah, you had that all along. You just needed someone to, you know, bring it out basically. Totally. Uh, um, 
But yeah, it's it's worth its weight in gold, man. And I would go back in time and do it instantly because I'd probably be, I mean, I would have, you know, it's great that I've learned the lessons that I've learned. I mean, I don't, you know, I hate to say I like to, you know, go back in time and redo it. I, I wouldn't, but if I was given the opportunity to invest in uh, someone else's future, I would say the first thing you want to do is hire a mentor. Yeah. And I think that it's a thread that probably applies on both sides of the business. One with you as an entrepreneur, but one with also what you help people with, right? Sure. Because like when I think about it, like if, if we're going to the Olympics, I've been using the Olympics as an analogy a lot lately. I need to find a new one, <laughs> but it works, right? Like if we yeah, go to the Olympics and you're running like a 400, there's only one 400 to run. And there's only so many modalities in which you can train to get there. And sure. as an entrepreneur, for me, what I struggled was I always thought I had to recreate the wheel, right? Like I have to make this new path. And it's like, no, the road has been laid out so many times. It's having mm. the people around you that help you run the best race on that course at your ability level while training to get better. And I think totally. too, and this is going to transition into, you know, what I want to talk to you about, which is as entrepreneurs, you know, I realize that most of us, like I think inherently to become an entrepreneur, we're basically agreeing to be an F1 driver or an NASCAR driver. Like we want to be the top of the top. We want to run the fastest race cars, change the world, give it our all, work ourselves to pieces. But then we put water in the gas tank and expect us to win races. Mm. And I think something I struggled with for such a long time is as most of, you know, I was bulimic. I struggled with food and eating disorders and I was orthorexic and addicted to working out. But I always overcomplicated it. It was like this massive roller coaster. And the one thing that you've helped me with so much is just the simplicity of all of it. And mm. so like when you look at entrepreneurs and anybody listening to this, like what I hear and what I see is like we say like we want to change the world. We want to have the energy to be the influence. We run events with thousands of people. I was like, but yet we're all bordering on the line of adrenal fatigue, neglecting ourselves and not changing the oil and expecting our engine to keep going. And sure. so what are the, some of the biggest mistakes that like maybe you even made them and that's how you got into this. But like mm. when, when you look at entrepreneurs, when you look at the game, you know, what are some of the biggest mistakes that people make when it comes to like their momentum and their nutrition and their movement and all those different pieces? Yeah, man. I mean, wow. That, that's a loaded first question. Foremost, no, it's, it's a great one because there are some key mistakes that I see more, more often than not. Uh, the one thing I would like to share with anyone listening who is an entrepreneur, who is pursuing uh, their dreams or greatness or whatever you want to call it, um, you have the skills already uh, to be great at fitness and nutrition. You already have the skills, right? Like people think there's some magical skill out there that they don't have. You have everything you need. You have discipline, right? Because if you're running your own business, that takes a lot of discipline. Um, you have the drive, which not a lot of people have, right? The drive to get better, the drive to improve. Um, all entrepreneurs that I've ever talked to have all that, right? What ends up happening is inside their business, they have a system for being great at whatever they do. And they follow that system day in and day out, and they pursue their, their passion. You got to have a system for nutrition and fitness in general. You have to have a system that you follow. It doesn't have to be a robotic, unenjoyable, you know, torture-based system, which is oftentimes promoted out there, or at least was promoted for a while. You just have to have something that you can wake up every day and go, oh, I could do this the rest of my life, right? No problem. And I tell people all the time, if you don't have that, or if you're trying to follow something that isn't that, and you wake up every day with dread and worry and like frustration, then it's time to change the system. So going back to your question, the number one thing I see people do is overcomplicate things, especially when it comes to diet. This isn't always the consumer or the person who's trying to follow a plan's fault. I do believe in personal responsibility, of course, but the diet and fitness industry has preyed on consumers by trying to overcomplicate things, trying to constantly sell the newest, latest, greatest, you know, do this and you're going to get, you know, all the weight off in 10 hours or whatever. And all this information that is being constantly flooded into our day-to-day, -day, our, our social media, our email, everything like that, we start to believe that there's like a secret roadmap to fitness success. And when reality, when, when we talk about reality, it's actually so simple that at times, and I laugh because at times I think, man, I, I, I feel like the information we put out might or could have the opportunity to wipe out like the entire <laughs> fitness marketing mm -hmm. machine that's out there, right? Because when you really break it down, it's so darn simple that 
at times I even get frustrated with myself at how complicated I've made it in the past. Okay. So overcomplication is the number one, besides not having a system. Once you get the simple system in place that you can wake up every day and go, I enjoy it, it works, it's not hard to follow, and I see results, well, then you don't ever have to stress about trying 10 different things over the course of 10 different weeks, right? Because you have the blueprint, you have the secret formula, you all you have to do is execute, okay? And we can talk about mm-hmm. you know, bread and butter stuff, no pun intended, but we can literally talk about the game plans. We can talk about how it works, what you need to worry about. I'm happy to get into that. Um, But from a general perspective, nine times out of 10, when I talk to successful people who are trying to lose weight or look better naked, they've overcomplicated it. And thus, they don't get those, what what ends up happening, it's it's like it's spiraling out of control. They overcomplicate it, so they get frustrated, Mm -hmm. so they give up, Mm -hmm. right? And then they start the whole process over again. Mm -hmm. Oh, I gave up. I got to restart. Okay, let me pick something that's complicated, try to follow it, get frustrated, give up, and then just keep going. And over time, 10 plus years go by or whatever, and they look back and go, geez, I gained 40 pounds. How'd that happen? Well, it's because you're just in that that cycle. Mm -hmm. So we got to break that cycle, make it simple, fun, enjoyable, and effective. You get that down, it's game on from there. Like I used to be over 60 pounds overweight. And it was because, I mean, I was dealing with so much emotional stress that I would try to follow something that's complicated. And of course, when you already got turmoil and a crazy busy lifestyle and you try to add this complicated routine to your life, mm-hmm. well, it's just a recipe for disaster, right? It's like throwing gas on a fire. It's like, it's never going to work. It wasn't until I, once again, hired a mentor, learned the simple stuff, what works. It became the stress relief in my life versus the stressor in totally. my life. And not that some stress isn't, isn't good. There's some stress that's okay. But when it comes to nutrition and fitness, it should literally feel, I hate to use the word boring, but in a sense, it should feel so easy that you wonder, how can it be this easy? Yeah. Right. How can it be this simple? But well, it is. In our mastermind, we say it's all the time success is boring because yeah. it's measurable. And it's this one path with this one thing. And I do it consistently over a measured period of time. And I create a result. Totally. And what I love about what you said, because my whole thing is to tie this everywhere. And like I, I look at myself and, and I try to compartmentalize everywhere in my life. I can tell you to a T with 100% confidence that there's a direct correlation to my financial success and my business success based on the simplicity and discipline to follow my simple nutrition and fitness success. And it's totally. always correlated because we, we don't compartment compartmentalize. And you know, you're talking about how simple this is from a nutrition side. It's also the same in business. It's literally the exact same thing. Like what's that thing that I can do that's measurable, that's simple, that I have a system around that I can show up and do every single day and then apply it to all areas and like kind of have the rising tides, you know, come up. And the thing that fitness and nutrition has helped me with so much in business is patience. But I actually even mm. texted, just so everybody's wondering, I texted Josiah this. I'm like, why can I gain 10 pounds in a day and it takes me three months to lose it? And then his response <laughs> was, because it's easier to eat more food than less food, was his response. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, so true. shut up. Okay. And I, I, of course, <laughs> like, I, of course, I didn't gain it in a day, right? It was a series sure. of choices over and over and over and over. And it was the level of awareness that I got around to it. And so, you know, what I love is like, you know, you help people with fitness and nutrition, but you change their lives and businesses because what you create is this commitment to consistency and simplicity that works over and over and over again. And so when you think about that, I'll tell you, I'm the same way. When I'm like, it can't be this easy, right? Like I can't just go for a 20 minute walk and, you know, eat a couple less calories, right? Or I can't just, you know, sleep a little bit more and magically the weight comes off or I can't just drink more water and somehow my cravings go away, right? Hmm. What do you think the hardest part is for people to maintain that simplicity? Hmm. So what ends up happening is, and I see this time and time again, is people adopt a simple approach that works and they start to see success. And there's two things that happen. There's a couple different personalities, but one thing that tends to happen is they, they start to go, well, if it can be this easy to lose this much, then I should be losing a lot more. Okay. It's almost like 
you make your first 100, 100 grand and you go, well, gee, I should be a millionaire. Like what, what the hell? Like I just made a hundred grand. Like I should be making $10 million. This is insane. Right. And, and what you don't understand or what people don't understand is that yes, there is some very basic and simple stuff you can do to reach a really good level of success. But then you start comparing yourself to the fitness freak models, whatever you want to call them, who are like so miserable to get into peak condition and you go, well, why am I not there yet, right? Comparison starts to leak into your joy and starts to rob you of it. Mm-hmm. That's one personality, right? So I see this, this uh, like that, that overachiever personality, right? Where it's like, I'm a successful person. All I needed was a simple plan. Boom, got it. Now, why am I not shredded, right? Well, that's because you haven't given it time. You haven't, you, and you're also probably not willing to go to the 99 percentile, right? Where it's like, Hey, you can have one bad meal a month versus one a week, <laughs> right? And and that starts to rob them. So they end up self-sabotaging. Why? Because deep down inside, they've already they've already had this self-doubt they're dealing with. So it's almost like they're looking for a way to sabotage the results to start saying, see, I told you so. I can't do it. Right. That's the one personality. The other personality is you start to get a little success and think that you now are deserving of the old way of doing things, right? You haven't broken the habits and routines yet. You haven't solidified new habits and routines yet. You think you have, right? You get some success three weeks in, you lost six to eight pounds or whatever. And you go, you know what? I deserve a week off. What really that is, is it's that emotional brain that hasn't completely adapted to or adapted to the new habits and routines that's creeping in that still wants that comfort, right? that eat whatever I want, take out sushi every night, which I would love to do, but it's just not possible. If you want results, you know, watch Netflix, don't go do my steps, like all the things that are temporary feelings of comfort. And then of course, lead to regret after you're done. So you have these two sides and both are forms of self-sabotage. And that's what ends up happening is that we get a little taste of success because anybody, I mean, I've said it for probably the past five years, I don't think we have a weight uh, loss problem in this country or in the world in general. I think we have a weight loss, then weight regain problem, right? Where we follow something, we get a little bit of results and then we go, well, back to my old ways, right? We find a way to Mm -hmm. self-sabotage. And a lot of that comes from constantly trying new things, failing and adopting a belief that you're just bound to fail. So you have this thought and then it's, it's always in their subconscious. So as soon as you get a little success, you're like, well, this can't be right. <laughs> and whatever your personality is leads to whatever way you go in terms of self-sabotage. So the key is when you start to get some success, you have to lean into the process even more, right? You have to double down, if you will. You can't go, oh, well, that was fun. I lost eight pounds in a month. Well, let me go back to what I was doing before eating whatever I wanted for a week. I deserve it. Or you can't go, you know what, man, this is great, but why am I not shredded? I mean, geez, I'm putting in the work like eight pounds. Holy crap. I can't believe this. I should be 80 pounds down. Mm-hmm. Okay. Those are both things that I see, especially from entrepreneurs, people who are successful. Because like I said, I think we have this belief that needs to go away that fitness can be microwaved, right? Yeah. We can get fast results. It doesn't work that way. In some cases, business, I there are, I've seen at least, some people who do get fast results, right? Almost miraculously. Like you turn on an ad and you're like, holy crap, that really worked, right? Or you write a post and it's like 50 applications. It does happen sometimes, not all the time. Like it's rare. But sometimes people get a little taste of success faster than you might with fitness, right? Fitness sometimes takes, I mean, I shouldn't say sometimes, it always takes time. Mm-hmm. It's the one thing you really can't speed up. You can speed it up slightly with drugs, <laughs> but that's a whole nother rabbit hole, but that's not even, that's like half a percent of the population that would even be able to get access to that stuff. And you don't even want to do it because it's not going to be there permanently. So mm-hmm. you have to commit to, and I say this forever, fitness does not have an end date. Yeah. Okay. It's a forever thing. I mean, there's never going to be a point in time that you go, you know what? I don't care about how healthy I am. I don't care that I'm going to probably kill myself. No, like that's not, we don't have this race that we're running that has a finish line 
But somewhere in our subconscious, we have this belief and it leads to self-sabotage. And I think that's one of the biggest things I see um, inside of working with entrepreneurs. Yeah. And, and I'm going to, I'm going to make this a little bit morbid real quick because the, the fear of that, the worst part is the toxic thinking of like, well, I'll get in shape when I make the money. I'll get in shape when the business is working. I'll take care, better care of my race car. But the thing is, is that moved starting line never ends. And then you end up, you know, accomplishing your goals and you're overweight, obese, exhausted, adrenal fatigue. Some people get sick. Some people pass away. Like I remember the shocking stat when I was in the Marine Corps, um, the life expectancy of a Marine after he retires at 30 years is five years, five years. And we go from working 16 hours a day, 24, seven, 365, like around, well, I guess 16 hours a day, 365 for 30 years. And then you get out and you slow down and you don't even know how to slow down. Like you don't even know what to do without that crazy, crazy level. But I think for me, like for entrepreneurs listening to this is that it, in order for success to come, it has to be a holistic success. It has to be the person who's running the race has to be successful just as much as running the race. Like you have to take care of the vehicle. The vehicle is what determines success. And I don't feel like you can have success on paper at the expense of your own success, like your physical success, your emotional success, your nutrition, your movement. And, and you nailed it. Like there isn't a finish line. It's, it's like golf, right? Like you can never master golf ever. You can never perfect it. You can never perfect breath work. You can never perfect cold therapy. You can never perfect fitness and nutrition. You have to constantly yeah. chase and pursue the race, which actually is hilarious because it's the most parallel thing to entrepreneurship in the world. Totally. What, what's the finish line? There yeah, is. I've been, I've been talking to clients recently more uh, about the comparison between fitness and business because I work with a lot of business owners mm-hmm. uh, or people who are in roles in companies that are very similar to business owners. And um, the parallels are insane. Yeah. You know, um, there are guys I work with who are worth $20 million, mm-hmm. right? And a month into the program, you know, they lost 10 pounds. And they're like, God, I'm just so frustrated, man. I'm like, what's wrong? Like, I I thought I'd be down 20 pounds. I'm like, so how long did it take you to make $10 million? Oh, man, that took me 20 years. I'm like, huh. So 30 days in, you're frustrated that you've only lost. I mean, that's like being frustrated that you only made 10 million, not 20. Mm -hmm. You know, like, let's keep some perspective here, right? And also think about 10 years from now. You're not going to care about this month, right? Like the month you lost 10 pounds or the month that you gained two pounds. You're not going to care because if I do my job as a coach and, and someone who mentors people to get in better shape, you're still going to be in this, this, this race, right? It's the never ending journey. It's not even a race. It's just a journey. It's, it's part of your life now. It's part of the fabric of your life. I don't know if that's like a Hallmark commercial or I something. Think, I think it might be. <laughs> I just lost all street cred, but it's all good. Um, it, it's, it's now a part of you, right? Like we're literally building your parts of your brain back to where they need to be, mm-hmm. right? It's never going away. The, the, when, when, when we look at fitness, you know, as soon as I lose, uh, it's like, I, I use the Mount Everest analogy too, all the time. I'm, I'm super into like how cool it is to climb, climb Mount Everest. I don't think I ever want to do it, but it's, it's amazing. And what ends up happening is people who climb Mount Everest, they'll say like, yeah, I reached the top, but the hardest part was coming down, mm-hmm. right? And then the even more hard part after that was determining when I could climb it again, right? It's a never ending thing. Like they get addicted to it because it's so it's such a challenge, all parts of it. It takes so much planning. There's always another mountain to climb afterwards too. And it's like fitness, you know, as soon as you get the weight off, well, do you think that's where it ends? I wish, sometimes I wish, because then it's like, cool, we got it done, we're good. But now you got to keep it off. And then maybe you want to run a Spartan race, or maybe you want to lift more weight, or maybe you want to tone your butt or whatever the hell you want to do, right? There's always going to be another target, and it's a never-ending thing. And you got to think of fitness as the fountain of youth. Like, that's really what it is. And there's never going to be a time you don't want to drink from it. Mm-hmm. You know, we all want to be young. We all want to be healthy. We want to look good, feel good, perform well. There's never be a time that that's not something on your radar. Um, but unfortunately, in fitness and health and all the industries we talk about, there is this whole thought 
that there is an end date that all you have to do is get the 20 pounds off and you're good. It doesn't work like that. Yeah. It never will. Yeah. And you know, it's funny as I, I, we say this like with breath work and we teach people, it's like, we talk all day, we don't breathe and we never appreciate a breath until we don't have one. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's amazing. It's and true. When you think about like fitness, it's like you never really appreciate what you can have and have until you can't walk anymore. Or you can't move or you're injured. Like I remember I spent 12 years of my 12 months of my life in a wheelchair. Holy moly. Like, of course I came out of that thing and tied a world record. Like I just didn't want to ever be still again. I was like, that was not where I wanted to spend my time. And so, yeah, what, what I think is so interesting is like, I, I hear all of this. Right. And I think one of the biggest mistakes I made as an entrepreneur was sacrificing my health and fitness and nutrition in exchange for the illusion of success. Right. Mm. But then where I ended up was I had the paper, I had the titles, I had the labels. I was adrenal fatigued, exhausted. Like I felt dead and I was completely unhappy because I couldn't even enjoy what was there. Then I had to cut out caffeine for nine months. I had to sleep like 16 hours a day, right? Like I had to lay in bed cause I had adrenal fatigue. Like you wouldn't imagine. And then I actually lost all the success cause I couldn't maintain what I built. And I think yep. it's really like you keep saying fitness and I just keep hearing life. Like I, I think like this <laughs> pursuit of it is like chasing, not even chasing, like just accepting that in order to succeed, it shouldn't be, I'm going to work to then focus on my fitness and nutrition. It's I'm going to focus on my body, my vehicle, and then I'm going to apply the best version of that to the work that I do. Mm. Yeah. I mean, dude, it's crazy when you really think about it. And sometimes I have these moments where like, holy S, right? Like, I'm, and by the way, I'm working on not cussing. It's my, one of my resolutions, but I, I, uh, I had this, I had these moments where I go, dude, I only have one body. Mm -hmm. Like I only have one body. Holy S H I T. Right. <laughs> because dude, like if you spell it, it, it doesn't is count. a moment where you go, Oh, my God, like I have these moments in my day where I see my kids grow up too fast or, you know, I see my business go through ups and downs and I'm like, wow, that's crazy. Right. But bro, you only have one body. You're not getting another one. Mm -hmm. There's no, there's no one, at least technology hasn't allowed it yet. And medicine hasn't allowed it yet for us to get a new body. doesn't work. Mm -hmm. There's no opportunity for that to happen. So we have to remember that everything starts with our body and I'm not going to get religious, I promise, but our body is literally, it says it in pretty much all religions, any belief systems, or even if you're not a believer in anything, your body is a temple. Mm -hmm. It really is. You have to understand that what you put in your body and how you treat your body, it's always going to show up in the most important parts of your life. It will always catch up to you. We live in a time now, and I'm not going to say the C word but we have something that is out there, whether you think it's crazy, scary or not, it's out there and it's a whatever, it's a virus. And our health is being put on display. Like it literally is being put on display. We wouldn't have the issue that we have right now if we had our health. Okay, I'm going to change my It's going, it's doing really weird stuff. Let me know if you can hear me. We can still hear you. Okay, cool. Um, so we have this whole situation where our health is being put on display or our lack thereof is being put on display, man. Um, and it, and it's, it's a wake-up call. If nothing else, it's just a wake-up call. Like, you know how good it feels to wake up every day? Because my clients tell me this, right? I, this is not me being like an arrogant asshole or whatever. This is me just being like, this is what clients say. They wake up every day knowing that they are not at risk to get sick because they've taken care of their health, right? Their business can continue to operate, they can show up for their family, they can show up for their employees, they can show up for their consumers, their customers, their people, their, their tribe, because their health has been taken care of. That is a power move, right? That is like, wow. Because, dude, we value so many things. We value cars, we value houses, we value properties. Like, I'm, I'm right there, I love that stuff, right? It's cool. But man, we got to take care of our body so much better than we take care of all that materialistic stuff, right? We can't say, oh, dude, once I get, you know, once I get 10 million in the bank, once I get the Ferrari, once I get my house, my dream house, once I build my deck, then I'm going to hire that trainer, dude. Mm -hmm. Like that makes no sense, right? 
Because without your health, and I'm not talking about a six pack, I'm talking about feeling good, looking good, performing well. Yep. That's all I'm talking about here. Those things have to be prioritized. Like it has to be, and you talk about this all the time, man, and I, I love it inside of our, our mentorship that I have with you inside of your, your lighthouse um, roadmap, basically like you outline, like, dude, the, you, you got to move your body 30 minutes a day. That is non-negotiable yep. because that is your vehicle for success. Like literally that's where all your creativity lies, man. Like your brain, it's in your body, <laughs> you know, without your heart working well, guess what? Your brain's not going to keep working. I wish that'd be cool. It needs blood, needs oxygen, right? So yeah, man, I mean, I get passionate. I get heated about it sometimes. And I'll tell you why I get heated because dude, for so long, I treated my body like I was going to get another one, Yep. you know? Yeah. And it's sad because, well, it's not sad. I'm thankful for those, those te teaching moments because now I can share things with other people. But, you know, I look around and I go, man, there are some geniuses out there. I have clients who are just incredible people, but they have put their health on hold. Mm -hmm. And it's catching up to them because they're like, now I'm at risk for losing out on so much time being the number one thing, experience, money, because I didn't take care of my health. And all, all I needed was a small deposit into my health every day. It's like, how do you become a millionaire in the stock market? You just deposit a little bit every day and hold. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you just stay consistent. It's not like I found the, the magical diet or the magical supplement. I just made small deposits every day. Yeah. That's it. That's all I did. Yeah. I, and I think to, to really highlight like what you just said, um, the one thing that you said is like, don't wait till you have the Ferrari to hire the trainer. Hiring the trainer is what gets you the Ferrari. Totally, dude. That's totally. the that's the best way to look at it and having this accurate measuring stick. But like the thing is, is like it has to come as a result of how you treat the temple of yourself. It has to come as a result of those small deposits into your health every day. And then that momentum is unstoppable. And I think one of the scary things about it that took me a long time to learn is that the choices I make today when it comes to my health and fitness aren't realized for years sometimes to come. And that is the scary thinking because in the game of entrepreneurship, it's like, oh, this is broken. Sometimes we can fix it overnight. Sometimes we can throw money at it. We can throw a strategy at it. We can throw a sales video at it. But if you, you know, stop moving every day and eat like crap for 90 days, you put on 30 pounds, you get out of shape, you get winded, you don't get that back tomorrow. And sometimes the effects of it aren't even felt until the level of depth in that pattern break is so deep, it almost feels insurmountable to get out. And it's one of those things where I've learned that consistency, and I mean like the smallest level, like five minutes a day of pull-ups or kettlebell swings or walking or, you know, being really intentional of like, oh, I want to eat that, but let's cut it down a little bit. Or I want to move this. Or you know what? Like I didn't hit a gallon today, but let me get another 16 ounces in before I go to bed. Like it's the combination of all those little things that make a giant giant difference and i want to just highlight what you said because i think it's so impeccable and i've learned it you've learned it we've all learned it you never get those things because they never come you have to start with those things hire the trainer get into movement get into nutrition like literally tune your race car and when you tune it you can actually win the race and i think it's like super super important yeah so it's funny you mentioned the five minutes a day of kettlebell swings or working out it's part of the philosophy we teach our clients, especially our busy high achievers, right? Is the 10 minute rule. And it's this idea that we can do pretty much anything for 10 minutes, um, pretty much anything, right? You could go for a walk for 10 minutes. You could prep a healthy meal for 10 minutes. You could meditate for 10 minutes. You can get it done. What ends up happening is in our minds, we have so much going on. We have so many people who want our time. So many people rely on us, pressure, whatever you want to call it we start to overwhelm ourselves with this whole, like you said, this whole thought of like, man, it's been three months of crap. How am I going to get it back in a day? Well, you're not, you're not. So start with the smallest victory possible, mm -hmm. the smallest amount possible, which in my thought is 10 minutes or five minutes. You can do what you can do one minute, right? There's no right or wrong there. What it does is it teaches you that you're capable of way more than you think, assuming you start with the first step. Right. And stop worrying about 20 steps from now. Stop worrying about 
what you're going to, you know, it's like getting to the base of Mount Everest. I used this earlier in our talk, but you get to the base of the mountain and you look up and go, dude, what am I going to do when I get to the top? It's like, yeah. dude, you're at the base. Like, what are you talking about? Right. It sounds silly. It's like, you know, your first dollar you make, well, gee, how, how am I going to make 30, 300 million? It's like, bro, you just made a dollar. What do you worry about 300 million for? Right. So you got to just focus on the smallest victory possible because what that does then it builds momentum. You get to 10 minutes of working out and you're like, how was I so worried about working out today? I can do 30, mm -hmm. right? No problem. Why was I so worried about prepping this healthy meal? I thought it was going to take me an hour. I just do another five minutes. This thing's done. Like, why was I so worried about it, right? We got to trick ourselves. We got to play, uh, you know, I talk about the emotional versus logical brain all the time. The emotional, people think their logical brain is in charge, right? They think like, logically, I'm always, I'm always logical, right? I'm always thinking logically. Well, it's not true. Your emotional brain is always in charge. That is the truth. The logical brain is just there to kind of talk you off the ledge, dude, right? It's like, hey, let's negotiate. <laughs> we know you emotionally want to go eat that chocolate over there, but let's let's negotiate. And maybe you get the chocolate if you wait for 30 minutes, right? Because you know logically the chocolate's not good for you. You should go eat that chicken and rice over there. Not saying our diets are chicken and rice, by the way. <laughs> but if that's what you're scheduled to eat, you know that's logically what you need to go eat. The emotional brain wants the chocolate. So you negotiate, you say, I'm going to wait 10 minutes. And then if I still want it, then I'll, I'll go have it. If I don't, I, if I wait 10 minutes, I might not want it. And you wait 10 minutes and all of a sudden you go, why did I want that chocolate? I'll just go eat the chicken. What's the big deal, right? Because you, 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 you basically give yourself the opportunity to win. Mm -hmm. And then you start to build self-belief, which leads to momentum, which leads to that lovely word of motivation because you see results, you see that you're capable and you go, ah, okay, I can do this. Yeah. 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 What, yeah what you said is like what you said, like with the 10 minute rules, like you can't win a race that you don't start. Right. Mm. And then that's, that's the whole point of it. Like getting into that, the stardom and going, the Navy SEALs have said this for years and you keep using the mountain analogy. So I will, it's also realizing that you can't start climbing the mountain until you've already committed to make it to the top. Right. And so you have to know that the peak is out there, but you have to focus on step by step by step by step by step, which is what you're talking about. And giving yourself a chance to really, really win that game is what's going to make the biggest difference. And I think, you know, for me, that's always what it is. And I think it applies everywhere. Like I have a purchasing rule. Like if I really want something, I put it in my calendar for 20 days later. And if I still want it just as bad, then I can get it. Right. And it's a big, big distinction, but there's also an inverse to that as well. And I think the food one is a big part. And I think you talked at the beginning of this about self-sabotage, right? And how it's really, really simple. I've found that most of my inclinations to self-sabotage came from the meaning I put on a choice rather than realizing it was a choice, right? And so you talk about, you know, let's not call it chicken and rice. Let's call it, uh, let's, let's call it an amazing sushi roll for Josiah, right? And then I have you know, the chocolate and I'm like looking at them, like I'm scheduled to eat this, right? I have this craving. I don't make the 10 minute rule. I go eat the chocolate. The biggest secret that I've had in my life is looking at it and then being like, well, I ate the chocolate sweet and not making it bad, not making it wrong. Just realizing I chose to eat the chocolate. And when I'm done, I can choose something else. My biggest struggle as an entrepreneur, even in business was when I ate the chocolate, I then beat myself up for eating the chocolate. And then the next day I'd eat more chocolate, right? Mm. And the next day I'd eat more chocolate because I'm like, well, I already did it once, right? And that's where the unraveling self-sabotage started to go. So I love that rule. Um, I think it applies a lot. But when you think about this, when you hear like you help your clients with this momentum with the 10-minute rule, with getting down to it, like how do you advise them? Or like what do you recommend for navigating the speed bumps? Because they're coming, right? I think that's the best mm -hmm. important part. We talk about how it's over complex and it's too structured, but even with simplicity, we can make simplicity too structured and over complex to like set ourselves up to fail. So how do you help people navigate the speed bumps when it comes to like, Hey, I know that was my meal, but I ate the chocolate or, you know, I didn't get my 10 minutes in today. Or like, what do you recommend or how do you talk people through that? Or what do you have people do? Yeah, no, it's a, it's a, it's a common issue, right? I mean, Perfection is a myth, right? So we, we, we talk about that up front. Number one, first of all, perfection isn't required, right? Mm -hmm. that, that's, that's long been uh, debunked. You don't have to be perfect to get what you want. We set realistic expectations. 
we build a plan. And I, I, I tell, this is a question I have clients uh, answer when they come on board is like, hey, what are your, your non-negotiables? And I don't mean like what you're going to do proactively to get in better shape. I mean like, hey, is pizza night with your kids on a Friday night? Like, is that a non-negotiable? Are you going to do that even if I have a gun to your head? <laughs> right? <laughs> and they're like, yeah, I'm probably going to have pizza with my kids. Okay, cool. Like, great. What about date night? Are you going to have a glass of wine or two? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to do that no matter what because I enjoy it so damn much. Probably not willing to give up on that, right? We build that into someone's plan. Mm. You know, we, we don't we don't make it a speed bump. We make it a speed boost. Yeah. That's what we do. We say, dude, that's part of your plan now. Guess what? If you don't have two glasses of wine on date night, I'm going to be angry at you, dude. Like, I'm going to be pissed mm -hmm. because that's part of your life. You got to have the balance. Now, sure, realistically, you're going to have times where even if you have it built into your plan, you're, you're going to choose something that wasn't on the plan at times. Totally normal. Number one, we always want to go back and say, well, first of all, beating yourself up does nothing good. Right. I mean, imagine, let's visually think about this. Let's, let's picture your clone showing up to your house and beating you. Right. Like, because that's what you're doing. Does that sound productive? No, of course not. Right. Nobody wins. Your clone's going to jail and you're beat up in the hospital. Right. That's not, that's never good. So let's stop beating ourselves up because it doesn't do anything productive. Number two is let's actually analyze what happened. Typically, and I know I, I can raise my hand because I've been there, typically, we're probably not taking time to breathe, right? We talk about breath all the time. We're not getting enough sleep. Mm -hmm. We're not protecting our calendar. We're not pausing and being present with our decisions, right? Or we're getting overly excited. We're celebrating things, you know, randomly. We're, we're doing things without slowing down, mm -hmm. right? Entrepreneurs, we suck at slowing down. So we analyze it and then we go, okay, next time, what is the one thing we're going to do differently? Not the whole thing, because sometimes you're still going to screw up, but what's the one thing? So here's an example. You know, maybe someone was craving sushi and they ordered, you know, six sushi rolls, uh, dessert and uh, a soda, that right? That fried apple, that fried caramel apples coming after sushi. Exactly. Right. So what do we do differently instead? Well, we analyze what happened. Okay, cool. Then we go, well, you know what, next time, let's say like you're just, man, I got to have the sushi. Okay, so you order instead of six rolls, you order four. And maybe you skip the dessert next time, right? Let's start with little wins like that versus thinking we got to scrap the whole thing. We can never mess up again. Maybe just mess up a little bit less, right? Mm -hmm. Because really what you wanted was just, you just wanted the sushi. You didn't really care about the dessert when we actually analyze it, right? You just did it all because you were like, well, screw it. I'm just going to, it's all or nothing. But it doesn't have to be all or nothing. Um the other thing too is really being clear on what it takes to get in shape, right? Like I like to really paint a realistic picture with people and say, look, here's what you say you want, right? Here's what it's going to take. Here's what it'll take to get to the next level. And then the next level after that, so that you and your mind know that, okay, if I have a, you know, a, a cheat meal or whatever, I call it a treat meal, but like, let's say you have a treat meal once a week. Dude, you can totally lose three to four pounds a week still. Yeah. Totally, right? Maybe even a little less sometimes, but totally be on track with your weight loss. Now you start to add two meals to the week. Okay, you're probably losing two pounds a week. You start to do three, then you're probably not losing weight, right? So you just have a very realistic picture so you know like, oh, okay, I can get away with one bad meal a week. That's totally fine. I can do that, right? The other thing too, and I'll come back to just the simplicity of nutrition and fitness the more simple and fun a plan is, the easier it's going to be to adhere to. Yeah. So we follow a plan that they agree is cool. They love it, right? It's not hard. You get to eat foods you love and still lose weight. You get to work out on the days you want to work out. So first of all, that is the, the baseline that has to be in place. You can't, if you're messing up all the time, it's probably due to not having a plan that you agree and you buy into uh, in terms of working for you. Yeah, I, I absolutely love it. I, I think it's so imperative. Like I hear you talk. I'm like, yep, I've overcomplicated that. Yep, I've overcomplicated that. Yep, I've overcomplicated that. And I've been it and I've, I've learned these lessons. And, and I think, you know, one of the things, the thread that is underneath a lot of that for me is when a decision's made or something happens to not swing just to adjust. 
right? Like not to think it's a pendulum that goes all the way in the other direction, right? And this absolute extreme, it's just this micro adjustment. And I love that concept of like just a little bit less or a little bit more, like a little bit more movement and a little bit less food, a little bit more sleep, a little bit more water, a little bit less cheat meals, like, or not, they're not even cheats. I used to say, you're not in a monogamous relationship with food. There is no cheating, only choices. <laughs> and that was, that was back in my food blogger days. So I'm not, I'm not there anymore, but now I have to know. Cause you were like, if you held a gun to my head and I was like, if you had a stack of chocolate chip pancakes in, in front of me, I, you would shoot me. What's your, <laughs> like it's I, over. there's the, the game over. I have already passed yeah. it on to my son. Like we do it on the weekends together now. And it, I maybe I probably have a little bit of pancake with my chocolate chips to be really frank with some butter pecan syrup, but it's amazing. Um, what's your favorite absolute food? Sushi is number one dessert wise. Anything with Nutella. What do you anything get at sushi? I'm very basic. I get a spicy crunchy tuna roll, probably like eight of them, mm, eight of them. Eight of them. I will go hard on sushi. You want to know a and really like, interesting story? Soy sauce, soy sauce guy. I love soy sauce. Soy sauce? Okay. I bring my oh, – I'm, yeah. I'm weird. I bring my own coconut tomatoes to sushi. Hey, man. And, same and before we go, I make my own spicy mayo with Sir Kensington's avocado oil mayo, a little bit of truff hot sauce, which is the truffle hot sauce, oh, and man. the rest Frank's. And my wife oh, is too. like, you are so weird. And I was like, I want my flavor. And here's the funny thing. I ate sushi for the first time on the first date with my wife. That's awesome. I had never eaten it before, and I hated fish, and I did it just so I could go on a date with her. And so I ordered <laughs> a roll that masked every bit of flavor. I still get that roll to this day, like seven years you later. For the first time? I was 30. Okay, so the first time I had sushi, I was 25. Yeah, I was 30. And I got it. I got the Baja California roll here because it had a jalapeno on top. It was rice with cilantro, avocado, and then it had ahi and spicy tuna. And then I, the first time I replaced the spicy tuna with uh, cream cheese. So I just had the ahi, which is pretty mild of a fish. Yeah. And so basically I was like, if I dip this thing in mayo, I can swallow it and I can eat it and I can have sushi with my wife. And so well, now she's my wife. She wasn't at the time. Um, but now I actually love it. I, but that roll, I still eat that roll to this day. And then my wife thinks I'm weird because I also go and I get their cowboy roll, which has red meat on it. And I remove the crab and I yes. have them put avocado instead. But I was like, this is literally like a steak and rice sushi roll. With my own homemade spicy mayo. So it's pretty – I'm going to get sushi for dinner tonight. So it's funny because I promised myself I wouldn't get sushi till the weekend. So I'm, I'm going to stick to it. But I'm not. I, I Sushi is <laughs> like – there is so I get the spicy crunchy tuna roll and then my specialty roll is called the temptation roll. Mm. It's actually got chicken in it, uh, funny enough. But it is so good, man. Like I it's, – it's, it's one of those things like you said with a gun to your head. If, if that was in front of me right now, like I'm eating it. Yeah. It's not. It's because I have to order it. I have to go through that whole process and whatever. But I have sushi on average once a week without fail because does it serve my fitness goals? Yes, it actually does, right? Like it does because – You could have it every I, night, by the way, if you just had two rolls. Would you? I could totally have it every night. I could totally – in fact, when I did a bodybuilding show many years ago, I had it every other day. I would order two spicy tuna rolls uh and that was if i remember correctly it was like 800 calories yeah and that was one of my meals that i had getting shredded but looking back like it was torture kind of because i'd have two and be like god i could have like six more <laughs> but i couldn't because i was trying to stick to my calories but yeah i could totally include that every single day no problem uh, but I just choose to be a glutton on the weekends with one meal. Well, I so. think I think, and I think this is important. And you've said this over and over and over and over again. It's you design the system that makes you happy and works for you. And yes. then when you have the system, you execute it. And if you need to make tweaks, you make tweaks, and you enjoy the tweaks. Like I think that that's what it is. Like at the end exactly. of the day, we the system is called the maximized method. I've I've, I've coined it as what we use with our clients, and it's five things, right? Five, three. You got to worry about with fitness, which is meals or macros, whatever you want to call it, meals or macros, movement and muscle, right? Training your body to get stronger. Those three things are the to-dos. The other two things are mental, your mindset and your meaning, right? Mm. Mindset being, how are we talking to ourselves? How are we uh, 
uh, taking care of our, 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 our brain, right? Are we, are we, like we said earlier, slowing down, being present, breathing. And then the meaning is why the heck are we doing this? Mm -hmm. right? Why do I even care about my health? Is it because I want to look great naked? Well, yeah, but why do I want to look great naked? Well, it's probably because you might want to impress your spouse, or maybe you have, um, this, the, an insecurity that you haven't dealt with, or maybe you have kids and you want to be a good example for them, mm -hmm. or you're afraid because maybe your dad or mom died young or something, and you want to avoid that. Right. Yeah. So we have to have those five things in place. The three, you know, to do's everybody talks about cardio movement, muscle macros, but then the meaning and mindset are what bring it all together uh, and, and allow you to have that daily check-in with yourself to know if you're on the right track. Because when you have fi only five things to worry about, three of which are to-dos really, then you can easily figure out if you're on the right track. Because people go, well, because like after Thanksgiving, you know, I get messages from people who in our groups and stuff. Oh, how do I get back on track? Three things, move, muscle, macros. That's it. That's it. That's all you got to do. And guess what? All you have to do is one meal, one movement, right? Go for a walk and go lift one muscle group and you're back on track officially. Yeah. Right. I love that. You don't have to overcomplicate it. I love that. Yeah. You can literally have one healthy meal. You can go for a 10 minute walk and you can go do 25 air squats or 25 push ups and literally let that be the win and get into momentum. Which, by the way, I cool. also figured out because my third favorite food group is Cabernet Sauvignon. And I texted Josiah <laughs> about how many calories we were going to knock down on Thanksgiving. And I really wasn't interested in measuring, but I'd never looked up a bottle of yeah. wine. And my absolute favorite wine, uh, uh, top five, is a 2015 Camus Special Select. And uh, there's only 680 calories in the entire bottle. And I never <laughs> knew that. I never knew that. And I was like, I should not know that now. I should not, but I only drink wine like once every couple months. Um, but I, yeah. I think I was going to ask you that question. So like everybody's here. I think if I had to, and I'm going to pull this thread. You just said it already, but I want to summarize it up. The only way to win in life as a human, as an entrepreneur, as a husband, as a father, as a, as a wife, as a mother, as, as a person is to take care of your vessel, to take care of your temple, to take care of your vehicle, pick your analogy. It's the yep. car that we're driving and we only get one of them. And it's to prioritize that first. Like somebody asked me the other day, like, how do I, you know, accomplish this and get all the work stuff done? I said, fill your calendar with you first. And then the work stuff fills in after. And, Correct. you know, Nir Eyal talks about this and I just had him on the podcast and it's about time blocking and being intentional about your time. And so like what I hear you saying is that, you know, before you even get into the doingness of it, like ask yourself, like, why am I doing this and why is this important to me? And mine is I want to be able to do handstands and backflips when I'm 80 with my kids. Like I still go to the trampoline park and I still do double backflips like I'm 10 and my wife's mm -hmm. waiting for me to break my neck, but I love it. Like I just want to play. And then getting those two, what was it? It was um, mindset and meaning. Meaning, yep. Meaning and mindset. Get those dialed, get clear on yep. what it is and what's required and then block in very simply. And I want everybody listening to do this, block in a meal, a movement, and a muscle, and make it a non-negotiable as a part of your plan. Totally, man. Totally. You nailed it, dude. Like, you nailed it. That That is my secret to success with anything, really, but fitness especially, where it's like, I know what my mornings look like every morning now, right? And you've helped me with this, too, because yeah. I've always been good with the fitness side, but I've had to do the same thing with business because it all translates. So my morning is, you know, 15 minutes of silence writing down what I'm grateful for, journaling, and then I do 30 minutes of cardio. That's it. That's that's the start of my day. I block off when I'm going to eat. It's always the same times every day. Um, and I eat a lot of the same meals because they're actually delicious, right? Um, and then my muscle sessions are three times a week. That is when I have it on my calendar. Anything more than that is an A+, plus, right? Yeah. Anything, if I get a workout in randomly with my wife or I go for a random run, like, that's all bonus. That's not required. But I, the required stuff is in my calendar, blocked off, guaranteed it's getting done because it's there. I can't say no. It's right there. It's in front of me. So that along with what you've helped me with too, with stopping my day at a certain time, mm -hmm. getting my uh, you know my thoughts out on paper before the end of the day, 
clearing my brain so that I can go to sleep mm-hmm. and get great sleep so I can wake up the next day and be in charge and fully focus on what I need to do. That is really the secret. And, it does, and like I said, you do have to fall in love with the repetition, the yeah. boring, right? Yeah. Because it, you can mix up your goals. You can mix up what you do inside those time blocks. And like, you may run one day, you may walk one day, you may bike one day, but you have to get comfortable with the idea that this is just, that's how it's going to be now, right? Yep. Like this is what I do. Don't yep. stop. Yep. Even on vacation, I don't stop. I go and do the same. You can ask my wife, wake up on vacation, drink until four in the morning. First thing I do, 30 minutes of cardio. Like I just do it because it's it's part of me. You know I'm, sure, I mean? I'm sure you I, smell amazing. I smell of vodka, dude. It's amazing. Oh it's my God. Uh, we could, we could do this forever. And so like, if, if you haven't heard yet, like the looking good naked is just like something he has, but like, really, I, I think, you know, it's having your body and your vessel look amazing from the inside out, like having the outside be a reflection of what's on the inside and knowing that like, that's your gift. If you're listening to this, if you're watching this, like you are the gift, you're the executor of the gift. You're the driver of the gift. You're the one running the race. And we need you to be at your peak, to perform, to have the impact that you're going to have. And that's the secret. And like, literally like I'm going to go for a walk when we're done with this. Cause I haven't moved yet today. And I have the kettlebells in the garage. Cause I'm packing for Montana. I'm going to go knock out 200 swings and just call it a day and be good with it. And I, I love it. And it's such a happy, amazing reminder. And so, um, I, I need to put notes in my podcast. Where is the best place for people to find you? Cause I normally ask in the middle of the show. I hate asking at the end, but I have more questions. Yeah, but yeah. Where, where is the best place like to get into Josiah's world, to get into your world, to, to consume your content, to find you anything you have, like, where would you send everybody? I'm, I'm always at Josiah fitness on all social media. Um, so if you just type in Josiah Fitness, you'll find me on Instagram, Facebook, uh, YouTube, all that stuff. But then if you want my uh, recipe guide, if you will, it's a recipe for success, go to lookgoodnaked.co. Uh, it's a whole 20 plus page guide with just very simple, easy to implement um, strategies to help get you on the right path with all the areas we talked about. Um, and that's free. I'm going to go grab it for free. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Josiah and I work together, so I know about all this stuff. And, and, and I actually avoid texting him most of the time when I'm not moving and then I'll text him when like I'm in flow, but he holds me accountable and, and he helps me with a ton of this stuff. And so, uh, one thing I'll say is this is, this is what I've learned about consumption and learning is that it's great that we hear it right now. It's just go put it into practice and don't wait until you have it all perfect. Don't wait till you have a plan your race car right now requires just a tune-up or a check-in, just a diagnosis, whether it's sleep, whether it's more water, whether it's more movement, whether it's a squat break in your calendar every 45 minutes, whatever it is, pick something and go. And, and I guarantee you that momentum will carry you into the future. And so I want to wrap with this. So if you could leave everybody with anything, a focus, a thought, something to carry, like if they're listening to this, they're watching this and you have one chance to imprint on their brain and give them anything to carry forward now, next week, next month, next year, what would you close with? What would you give them? What would you have them focus on? I have a phrase that I live by and it's life moves fast, make it count. Um, And it's, it's a reminder that we only get one body. We only get one life, right? And it sounds cliche and it sounds like something you'd read in a motivational book or something, but the truth of the matter is uh, life does move fast and we have an opportunity to impact others. We have an opportunity to impact ourselves. We have an opportunity to help other people while we're here. And I don't like to talk about legacy and what you'll leave behind and all that stuff. I'm talking about what you can do right now. Um, and it starts with taking care of your health. Um, there is no lower hanging fruit than fitness when it comes to improving all areas of your life. Um, have aggressive patience, go after what you want, uh, and utilize fitness for the amazing tool that it is in all parts of your life. Not going to saturate that with anything more. That is golden. I'm going to let that linger. For everybody listening, this has been another episode of The Mind of George. So go check out Josiah. Josiah Fitness everywhere. That's spelled J-O-S-I-A-H. Fitness, you'll find him. He's the good-looking dude that most likely has his shirt off with a couple tattoos and a sushi roll shoved in his mouth. If you want his 20-page guide, go to lookgoodnaked.co. And always remember that relationships will always beat algorithms, especially the one that you have with yourself, which ties perfectly into today's episode. So now 
Let's cue the outro, and I will see you later or be in your earballs soon. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Mind of George Show. Please make sure you subscribe on your favorite channel that you listen to, whether it's in the car, on your run, or in front of the television. Make sure you leave a review to help other people know how much you love the show and quite frankly, help me know how much you love the show because I read them all. And if you want five-minute daily insider nuggets on business, marketing, leadership, mindset, or any other tool that you would need to build and scale your company, make sure you register for my invite-only newsletter. I call it the Lightkeeper Lessons. I hold nothing back here and I share everything that works for me, my friends and mentors, and thousands of my students around the world to thrive in life and keep our lighthouses shining brightly. We will eventually be charging for this, but for now, for you, because you're listening to the podcast, it's free. So if you want to sign up, go to www.lightkeeper.club, fill out the application, and then check your inbox because it's magic. You actually have to open the emails to get the gifts inside. Otherwise, you can get access to my Relationships Beats Algorithms Facebook community and other free resources on the website. So just go to www.mindofgeorge.com and I'll see you in the next episode.